Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. One of the big stories here, Toronto is going to take the province to court over Premier Doug Ford's plan to slash the size of city council. How are they going to do it? Where does the legality lie? We have a great guest who knows many of these things. John Maskerin is a certified specialist in municipal law, local government, land planning, use, development. He knows a lot. John, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Arlene. Thanks for having me. All right. From your experience, what do you say when you heard this? How much of a challenge or do you think the city of Toronto has got some legal advice that they've got a shot at this? Well, I I suppose they do have a shot at it. And as someone told me today, you never know what's going to happen when you get in front of a judge and you put in front of him or her some very cogent, reasoned, rational arguments. Judge may end up siding with you. I think it's going to be a tough one, Arlene, and I've said this from the beginning. Uh, And go back 20 years. You remember there was the amalgamation of the former Mm -hmm. Metropolitan Municipality of Toronto and the six constituent municipalities. Uh, The Mike Harris government in the mid-1990s said, let's have a big megacity and there'll be economies of scale and lots of uh, cost savings. And that was against what the municipalities wanted to do, what the public opinion poll said, what the referendum said, and what the studies said. And yet the provincial government went ahead and did it. And there was a court challenge. And the court challenge said the province can do it. So in my view, this isn't that much different. It's pretty much the exact same thing 20 years later. Now, is there anything about this, because we have a premier making this decision about the city of Toronto, and he says he's getting a lot of support, and there is support for it. On the other hand, it's not happening in any other areas of Ottawa. Will this impact the legal aspect of this at all? Um, I'm not sure that uh, it, it does. Um, a lot of people have pointed that out, and that's, that is a fair statement. Uh, why only the city of Toronto? Well, First of all, it is the largest uh, council in Ontario. There are some other ones, admittedly, that are quite bloated. I think Niagara Region has 31 councillors. There's a couple of other ones, uh, another couple of uh, uh, upper-tier municipalities that have close to 30 council members. So there are some other ones, but no one uh, is approaching 45 currently, and what was supposed to be 48, so 47 plus the mayor. So Toronto is by far the largest. Um, Premier Ford? has some experience there. He was a a four-year council member there from 2010 to 2014. And I think he was consistent in saying that, you know, the City of Toronto Council is too large. It is too dysfunctional. 
Everyone talks too much. It takes too long to have meetings. Uh, He's not wrong in any of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the difficulty that a lot of people are finding, though, is the timing. And it's not so much the legislation, what it proposes to do. It's the timing of it. Uh, You know, coming right in the middle of an election at the, you know, at the 11th hour for when people were trying to file their nomination Mm -hmm. papers. I think that's what struck a lot of uh, people as being just... Uh, just wrong. Um, the the other thing, of course, is there was no consultation, and, and that's something that's enshrined in the City of Toronto Act. It says the province and the city shall consult with one another, and there was no prior notice, no consultation. But that will that matter, John, when it comes to the law? I think it might, and I'll, I'll tell you, mm. I, I've said... Uh, you know, because people from day one said, can this be challenged? And I said, I think it's difficult because I said, ultimately, I think the courts will end up saying the province has the constitutional authority to decide if municipalities exist, how they exist, and what kind of governance structure they can have. In fact, it's the, it's the province that lets municipalities do certain things. So if they previously, uh, the province said, you can divide and redivide your ward boundaries as you think fit – they can take that away. I think that's clear. But I've said in Section 1 of the City of Toronto Act, which the province put in place, uh, it said the uh, City of Toronto and the province of Ontario shall have mutual respect for one another. They shall cooperate with Mm -hmm. one another. And on matters of importance, they will consult with one another. So that was missing. And that's something that's in the legislation. Two, I've argued that is effective representation met? Is the test for effective rep- representation, the formula for fairness under the Carter decision from the Supreme Court of Canada met? And I'm not sure that it is. Right now it is because Toronto is very much on par with other major uh, municipalities in, in Canada, Vancouver, Calgary, Montreal. You chop the council by almost half, and all of a sudden your ratio between population and elected members goes skyrocketing high, and it's, and it's out of whack. And then thirdly, uh, going back to the issue of the timing, I think, I think you can make a pretty decent argument that procedural fairness wasn't followed, and those candidates who had already uh, filed nomination papers had already started their campaigns, fundraising. Some of them had even left their jobs because they had to take a leave in order to run. What about their legitimate expectations? So I think if you sort of ground an argument on those three bases, I think you can make at least a viable, feasible legal argument in front of a judge. All right. Let me ask you, you know, part of the proposal is to postpone this election. How is that going to work and could it possibly happen? I think it could. Look, uh, right now you've already closed off the nomination day because, remember, Premier Ford announced this on July the 26th, which was the eve of of the final day of nominations. And then the, the legislation was introduced the next day and passed later. So already he's uh, eradicated that and said, okay, the nominations open again on, well, today, on August 20th, and they go until, I think, September the 14th. So he's already done that. It wouldn't be hard for a court to come in and say, hold on, this doesn't really work. And by the way, and you probably heard today, Arlene, the, the city clerk has said, I don't think I can, even, even if this was rolled back, I don't think I can roll it back to a 47 uh, ward 
uh, election now at this late date. Everything's uh, just it's just too. It far. is, and that's that's the the, the deal here is yeah. how do you cancel it and how do you roll back now that it's already been put into action? John Maskerin, I'm so glad you could join us after this breaking news from Toronto City Hall, and I know you're going to be very busy on this. Thank you. Thank you very much, Arlene. John Maskerin is a municipal law specialist on local government, and uh, he he knows a lot about this stuff, and you can see he's a bit mystified. I'm Arlene Bonin, in for Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.